Are you an entrepreneur, influencer, or expert in your field? Did you know that speaking is one of the highest paying professions in the world? Download my free PDF checklist on how you can become a highly paid speaker. Go to jamieabbott.com forward slash speaker guide. Welcome to Perfect Public Speaking with Jamie Abbott. My guest today is founder and CEO of Henderson Advocacy, a property buyer's agency, and he's bringing a fresh voice to an age-old industry. Jack Henderson bought his first investment property at 18 years old. He then went on to buy another three investment properties in just under three years. He has since gone on to build a multi-million dollar property portfolio and set up his own buyer's agency, Henderson Advocacy. He also owns his own media company called No Media. Jack was inspired to act after his parents suffered under poor property financial advice with investment properties, and Jack took it upon himself to build a business that knows and behaves better. Jack is based in both Sydney and Newcastle and has a team of buyer's agents in both cities. I asked Jack last night if he had a bio for me to read out, and I always ask my guests this, and sometimes you get these massive essays. And Jack's response to me was, whatever comes to mind when you think of me. (laughs) So here it goes. Jack is flamboyant, extremely successful at what he does. He knows property. He knows how to foster talent. And most of his buyer's agents, some of who I know, by the way, they don't even have a real estate background, but he has employed them and set them up for success based on their mindset and their attitude. Jack's got a bit of an ego, doesn't care what anyone thinks about him. And he seems to have built a lot of his success from sheer hard work. He loves flamingos. And you can see this through his branding and his online presence. And he also really seems to have used digital marketing, including social media marketing, as part of his success strategy, which is what I am super keen to ask him about today. Jack, welcome to Perfect Public Speaking. Thank you very much. See, the bio that you had written for me is much more professional and probably better than what I'd (laughs) for myself because the little bit of ego thing that you had in there probably would have turned into a lot of ego if I (laughs) that was was very good thank you I'm glad you're not disappointed about that because it is kind of the persona that you do portray online I have so many questions to ask you it's actually the first time I've met you in person feels like we know each other yeah because I've followed you for so long so where do I start you know tell me why and how have you become such a sick actually before you answer this question I was at a networking event a couple of weeks ago and there was a buyer's agent sitting at the the table with me and I said oh you're a buyer's agent and I said you know Jack Henderson and her response to me was whoa yeah he's just come out of nowhere <laughs> and he's just exploded on the scene is that the case or have you really been working hard for many years and now people are just starting to notice um look it's probably a combination of both like you know I started buying property when I was 18 I'm 26 now I turned 26 last last week so it's been sort of eight years but I've been in the agency industry for three years so you know it was five years of still doing podcasts but as an investor as opposed to you know being a buyer's agent and an owner of a company so it probably feels like to a lot of people that I've just sort of come onto the scene and (laughs) some people like that some people are not so happy about that but you know I think it just shows the power of brand right a lot of people have been in the industry for for many 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 more years than I I have been and you know outside of their core group of clients not many people know who they are so when you when you come into any industry, I think, and your your number one focus from day one is to build a brand, so people know who you are. Which 
you know, it costs a lot or can cost a lot of money if you, you do it the way I've done it. And it's very hard to see an ROI on that from a dollar perspective. You know, spend one dollar, get three back. But over time, I think it shows. And do you think tall poppy syndrome is why you have attracted some of the haters yeah. along the way? Or is yeah. it your controversial videos or jealousy? What do you think it is? I think it's a combination of all. And, you know, I'm strategic in what I do as well. Like the more controversial you can be, the, you know, the more controversial things you say, the way you look and dress and all the rest of it gets people talking. And that's, you know, that's something that I do strategically in a way, you know, like, am I really like that 100% of the time? Probably not. But you know, if I can post something that is somewhat controversial, I think it. I think it does well. Usually, it does better than you know things that don't do controversial. So, oh, I love it. And speaking of posting, I was talking to Mark Cantwell about you recently, and he said, "Oh, Jack's TikTok is you know just exploding, <laughs> and he's getting so many leads, and therefore clients from it." Is that true? And what's been part of your strategy when it comes to TikTok? It, yeah, so it is true. So I downloaded TikTok like 2019 and never used it. I hated the platform. Like it, it just wasn't for me. And then a friend of mine who's a lawyer and a super conservative person, you know, started using TikTok and he started to just, you know, post content about things that were happening in in Australia on a daily basis, like law related. And then, you know, he started to pick up a massive following and then the Amber Heard and Johnny Depp thing happened and he started, you know, putting his two cents on that and, you know, blew up to 300,000 followers in a couple of probably like two months or something. And I was like, fuck, you know, he's, he's not anything special. <laughs> but he can do it, I can do it. So I just started <laughs> posting content. It took me a little while to work out like how I should be posting and the content that actually does quite well on there. Yeah, but now it's, you know, I posted a video last night, it's got 100,000 views now. I just share real estate stuff. Some Again, some things are controversial. I make the topics a little bit, you know, catchy and we get a lot of business through, through TikTok. If you're somebody who is looking to scale and you're looking for software that can help you generate more income in your business, look no further than Kajabi. It's an all-in-one platform with products, websites, landing pages, payments, analytics, marketing automation, email, communities, and more. It all just works. You can create courses, coaching programs, membership sites, podcasts, newsletters, and bundles. Enjoy multiple income streams. Get a free 14-day trial at jamieabbott.com com forward slash Kajabi. And so what sort of controversial topics are kind of getting the most amount of engagement? You know, so like, for example, I was on the Gold Coast running the Gold Coast Marathon a few weeks ago and it was like one of my bits of content was why you should never buy Gold Coast apart. I saw that. You know, I saw that. Got, got 300,000 views. You look at the comments and the majority of the comments are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about, you know. And it's just <laughs> The like, Gold Coast real estate agents. <laughs> yeah. So it gets people talking. But, you know, that that's my truth. Buying apartments in holiday locations like the Gold Coast are not great investments. And my parents parents tried it <laughs> so it was it was true what I was saying but you know I just I created it in a way that grabbed attention yeah right so you are just speaking truth but it's just sometimes controversial truth yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's 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 swindled in a way that is truth but also you know um, what's, what's the word I'm looking for like clickbaity in a way yeah. yeah yeah get it and so are they actually when people are commenting they're actually then going to you as clients and wanting you to be their buyer's agent as a result of seeing you on TikTok for sure like the you know, my Instagram following has like quadrupled since I since I started using TikTok. Because on TikTok, people can't DM you unless you follow them back. And I don't follow anyone on TikTok. So a lot of people follow me. And then the way they get in contact with me is to either go to my link tree in my bio or they then come across to Instagram, follow me on Instagram and then send me a message on there. Because obviously it comes through as a message request and you see it. Yeah, it's like it's super powerful. 
Yeah, and speaking life. of DMs, though, I mean, do you you see? I've never DM'd you, and I've asked you a question about, oh, should I buy a property in Nelson Bay, for example? Mm. You always respond. Yeah. And so, is that part of your strategy? You always respond to all your DMs, and that keeps your engagement levels high. I respond to every single person in messaging me. I, you know, I reckon I get on average probably ten to twenty DMs every single day from new people. That's in my requests, and that's why I started doing that question thing on my on my story because a lot of people would send me DM. Uh, you know, DMs in requests. Now I have a habit of checking them. I never used to check them because it was always like scams and just weird yeah. stuff that come in there. Yeah. So that's why I did the questions was like, so then people could ask me questions on my story. But yeah, you know, I'm a big follower of Gary Vaynerchuk, like a huge follower. I consume all of his content. You know, I follow 20 people on Instagram and he's one of those people. And, you know, one of his things is if you want to build a brand, you know, you've got to look after the people who are supporting you right now. So if someone's taking the time to comment on your post or send you a message and, you know, ask, you need to, you know, show reciprocity essentially and and give them the time of day, you know, because I remember when I was a young investor and I was messaging all of these people who I aspired to be like, very few, few, very few of those people ever got back to me. Mm. And one of them who did, Chris Gray, who was my mentor for many, many years and still is a great friend now, you know, I never forget that. And he's, so I want to, you know, sort of reflect what I um, what I learned. That's so great. Yes, so many celebrities that I'll often DM never get back to me. Yeah, <laughs> J Lo, she never wrote back. Uh, well, look, I think the reality people make. I mean, look, I could not imagine the amount of messages and stuff people of that scale get. But if you've got less than half a million followers on any social platform, the reality is you could take the time to get back to people. You could reply to their comments. You get a hundred comments on you know, a post, how hard it, it literally take you 20 minutes to go through and just go reply, 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 reply. And it can mean so much to someone. Mm. And if someone has like a thoughtful question, like I get some pretty intense questions. You know how the guy asked me a question the other day, like, oh, my dad's got cancer. He's, you know, this is the financial position he's in. What should I do? And I just shared my two cents of what I would do personally. It probably meant a lot to that person. So Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And of course, I asked you one of the questions, can you come onto my podcast? <laughs> And sure, let's lock it in. And here here we we are. are. Yeah. I appreciate it. I love it. Want to get paid to speak? It will only take a few minutes. Download a free checklist and find out how at jamieabbott.com. You've had some pretty big celebrity clients, yeah. so Nick Kyrgios being one and Dave Hughes. I, mean, I think Dave Hughes was first and Nick Kyrgios. Yeah. What's the secret to being able to uh, source properties for these amazing celebrities who've got huge profiles? Yeah, I don't know, to be honest. <laughs> it's just like, again, it's a branding thing, putting yourself out there and these kind of things happen. Like if no one knows who you are, it's very hard to get introduced to these kinds of people. And then, you know, if you're not out there, again, the media doesn't pick these stories up. So the only reason, you know, these are in like, the, you know, Sunday Telegraph, and Australian financial reviewers because I'm out there, right? Mm. If you need to put yourself out there to be able to get attention. Sometimes it's not so great, which we were talking about prior to jumping on, and sometimes it's really good. But, you know, as you as you start to build a profile, you know, I've bought for a lot of other high-profile people and very wealthy people, and that's usually how you get introduced to these other people, and then sometimes they get picked up by the media, sometimes they don't. Mm. And, you know, I'm, I'm pretty forward with it too. Like if I've got a story that I can somehow spin into the media, I'll absolutely try and spin it into the media. Because, you know, I believe in any publicity is good publicity. Yeah. And so, do you really believe that a lot of agents who may be amazing and buyers agents, sales agents, but they have a reluctance to put themselves out there? Because it is a bit of work to do yeah. stories daily, to go live, to do reels, to put posts up and answer questions. It's a lot of hours mm. in the day and the week. Do you think that that is really stopping a lot of agents from just being as successful? 
successful as people like you because they're not taking the time to embrace that social media technology? 100%. It's a game changer. Like if you're, you can be the best person in your craft in, in you know, times gone by when social and, and digital presence wasn't a thing and business was referral based, that's okay. But now it's not about being the best. It's about being the, the most well-known. That's the most important thing. So you can be the best, but if no one knows who you are, you're a nobody. And that's going to become more and more of a thing as time goes on. And yeah, sure, it takes time, but there's there's nothing as powerful as being omnipresent. So, you know, you can make 100 calls a day as a real estate agent or go to any networking event in the time, but there's no leverage in that because it's requiring you to be there at that present time. Post a video, it took me about, you know, four minutes to post my TikTok last night. I went to sleep. I woke up with 100,000 views. It's impossible to talk to that many people. Mm. And, you know, it's something that doesn't go away. It's with you forever. So as long as you continue to work at it, you know, life is very long. So, you know, it, it, I look at people like Grant Cardone and like Gary Vaynerchuk and like, you know, Mark Boris and Kerwin Ray, all these people have got huge personal brands. Are they really the best at what they do? Probably not. Are they the richest? <laughs> Probably not. But they're the most well-known and that's the only thing that matters. And it, and it allows you to transition into anything else. You know, like I'm Jack Henderson. I'm not just a buyer's agent. I'm Jack Henderson. So I could go and do anything else with Jack Henderson brand. If you're only known for real estate, then if you want to go and do something else, no one no one cares about you because you're not not known as you, you're known as a real estate agent, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Public speaking is a key skill for anyone. Imagine if everyone in your team could speak with confidence. Invite Jamie in to transform the way your company communicates. Discover more at jamieabbott.com. So the podcast is Perfect Public Speaking and I want to ask you about your public speaking journey because it just comes across so natural when you (laughs) appear on camera. Has that always been the case for you? Have you always been a natural born public speaker or have you had to work at it? My first hire when I started my business was a videographer before I had a PA or anything like that and that was because I was so passionate about building a brand because I knew how powerful it was. And I remember before I hired a videographer and I was transitioning out of the mining industry into real estate i used to set up an iphone on a tripod and i used to sit on my lounge and i used to thing on a sunday called back on the couch and i just talk about a real estate topic and the i was i used to hate it i couldn't i couldn't have a camera there and just talk to myself so i found it really really difficult i'm a confident person naturally but i just found it really difficult to talk on camera and i used to i don't know how many takes it used to take me to do one you know one minute video and over time, you know, as you start to do it more in public, like having a videographer with you walking around the streets, you know, you start to get some pretty weird looks and, you know, <laughs> you have to talk when people are going by you and stuff like that. And, you know, you're not a news presenter or someone that's a little bit more, probably more publicly seen as being okay. To, you know, but if you've got a videographer and you're just some dude, you know, like, like who the fuck is this guy? So you start, you have to start to come to terms with, you know, a lot of people are going to think it's very weird and it just becomes a thing. Again, it's like, it's, it, it, you have to understand that there's so much more benefit to it than, you know, getting over the fact that you, you're talking on, on camera. But it's just, yeah, I mean, I don't have the best vocab, like, you know, I probably don't have the best tonality, but you just, if you're authentically yourself, I think that that's what people like. So no filters on Instagram. <laughs> no, no filters. Just come no. as you are. Yeah, you know, and... and I used to sound much more like a bogan than I do right now because, you know, I grew up in like northwest Sydney, you know, around people who didn't have, again, great vocabs and the words that you use and the the, um, articulation of your sentences. It just wasn't, you know, what it is now. But 
I, I talk to a lot of different people now, so I've sort of just started to refine my vocab. It can definitely be better. Yeah, and so speaking of where you grew up, so you didn't grow up in a rich, wealthy family, private school boy, sort of the stereotypical, no. you know, North Shore <laughs> person. So what was your background, your, your upbringing, and then to where you are now, you've got multi-million dollar business and property portfolio. Has it just really been a rags to riches type of story? Yeah, yes and no. Like I grew up in an amazing family. My mum and dad are super hard working and that's what they instilled into us is like if you want anything in life, you've got to work for it. They're not handing out cash and you know they never got anything they never I don't think I've ever inherited a cent of money in their life but my family are from you know probably you know the 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 most humble beginnings possible and they built themselves to a you know probably a middle class family we lived in suburbia about an hour and 20 from Sydney CBD um you know on a $500,000 house like it wasn't anything special and then you know, they, they they just they instilled work ethic into us, and the reason that I was so ambitious about money and you know I wanted to, to build a successful life for myself was because I didn't really grow up with it. So I was someone who always wanted for the flashy things, and I didn't never had it. And there's nothing wrong with that. It just wasn't the life I grew up with. But that's what sort of you started the motivation off. So it was. You know, when I was 13, 14, 15 years old, I'm the person on YouTube looking at how to invest, how to grow a property portfolio. And I was 16 years old catching the train for an hour and a half into the city to watch seminars. And I was just obsessed with money. It's not about money anymore, but I was just obsessed with how do I how do I make, make money like my family, you know, more money than my family ever made or ever con- concepted of making. And that's what started it. And, you know, now... I guess in a lot of other people's eyes, I probably am successful. But for myself, it's like, you know, the, the very, very beginning. I've got very ambitious goals. So I, I struggle sometimes to appreciate where I am right now and, and be present, you know, instead of looking into the future and going, I don't really care about where I am right now. This is not where I want to be sort of thing. Yeah, so you're always striving. Yeah. And it's funny, you put something up on your social media recently where you looked ahead, it was actually a, a flashback where you were looking ahead at your goals. And I think you wanted to earn 350000 in your first year. And then- Yeah, well, th- my th- first, first ever vision board that was. Yeah. yeah 350 and GCI in year one of real estate. Uh, hire my mum was my year three goal. Year five was to have a $10 million portfolio. And year 10 was to start the Henderson Group of Companies. You know, I think first year in real estate, I made seven fifty. Second year, I hired my mum, and you know, probably made three and a half, four million bucks. And you know, third year now, it's yeah, all those goals have been smashed out of the park. And well I think, done. I think it's you know, when I set them at the time, I was like, fuck, it's never going to happen. You know, you're sort of being ambitious, but hey, what are goals? And now my goals are you know, by twenty thirty two, I want to have a global enterprise that's got buildings in you know, major capital cities around the world. So if I look at myself right now, I'm like, I've got a long way to go. (laughs) And so do you really think goal setting is part of your success strategy, just setting those goals and always aiming for something? Yeah, I think it's not just setting goals, but then, you know, having a a life that that reflects your ambition. So I always say, you know, if your daily actions don't reflect your ambitions or vice versa, then your goals are really nothing because you can write goals down and set goals. But if you do things on a daily basis that are completely opposite to what you want to achieve, you're not going to achieve the goals. I mean, I believe in uh, manifestation, but you can't just think about something and it's going to happen. So I've always been someone who, yeah, envisioned things. And, you know, I just have a simple, I remember when I wrote my first list of goals was in my notes on my iPhone. I think it was in 2018. And then every year I just I just write my goals down. If I go back through all those goals now, like I, I tick 80 plus percent of them off you know, every year. And I think we're, we're going to chat about the sobriety thing and not drinking. Yes. And that was one of the, you know, biggest reasons was, you know, if I want to have all these lofty goals and I want to, you know, be this in, incredible person or aspire to be this incredible person, not just in business, but in all areas of my life, 
um, alcohol brings out the worst in me in, in all aspects of my life. I'm not a good person. I don't reflect my values. I waste money. Like I'm just... Have a hangover. It's the worst. off the next day. Yeah, like it's, this is my life. No, it's, not the, it's not the person that I like to be, but mm. I still love getting on the piss. You know, like it's fun. Mm. But so that was the reason I was like, no, I'm going to cut alcohol out of my life. So I went, you know, a year sober last year. This year, the first few months, I wasn't as strict with it. And I really saw it in, in my life. So I've cut it out completely again now. So, yeah, I think it's just about if you have goals, you've got to sort of reflect your life to, to achieve those goals. And live a healthy lifestyle as well. Yeah, for me, it's not so much about living a healthy lifestyle. I mean, like in most areas, I'm healthy, but if, you know, if I go out, and I, I don't, I'm not like, oh, I mean, they have a kale salad, you know, like I eat, I eat shit food. And, <laughs> Decaf or yeah, almond milk. I think it's just trying to, do every, trying to do the most you can without living a bland, boring, you know, life as such. Well, Jack Henderson, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been great to meet you in real life. And I just can't wait to see what you're going to achieve next. I appreciate it. Thank Thank you you. so much. Take care. Thanks for listening. You're on the way to perfect public speaking with Jamie Abbott. Help us perfect our podcast. Rate and review it wherever you listen. Perfect public speaking with Jamie Abbott.